All right, all right, all right. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Welcome and hello to you all. Another edition of the Eric Zane Show podcast uh, has begun for the 1,181st time, I believe. Pretty sure that that's correct. Uh, so glad you are here. Uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Excuse me. As it's, as it is, uh, well, that's what it is. It's it's the day before Thanksgiving. Undeniably big task for your old pal EZ. The uh, change your life, slaughter the Turks. Uh, sweet potatoes have to be made. The Slaughter of the Turks mashed potato recipe featuring a, blus- a blend, bless it. I combined russet and blend to give you bless it. A blend of Yukon, Yukon gold and russet. You must blend. Do not just go a 10 pound bag of russet. You're going to have a shit bag, starchy mess on your hands. Blend your mashed potatoes. Okay? Uh, I've, I've given you the Slaughter of the Turks mashed potato recipe many times. I will, unless I forget, which does happen, include it in the show notes. Easy with the challenge of making gravy minus... Any turkey drippings, typically, you know, which is kind of gross, really, when you think about it. The turkey cooks, and then you you scoop up all of the disease that drips off of it in the bottom of the pan to make a delicious gravy. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Easily done without the turkey drippings, though. How? Well, you have to toast your flour and you have to melt a lot of butter. That becomes your turkey drippings. Delectable and amazing. You must continue to work that flour, though. If you let it sit still, it's going to toast to the point where it's burnt. It's going to taste like shit. Don't be an asshole and burn your flour. Today, in the show notes of this audio podcast, you will also get the slaughter of the Turks. Uh, no turkey drippings, turkey gravy. I'll also include the sweet potatoes. Some of you sick psychopaths think that uh, the sweet potatoes are horrible. Mine are candy. They are ridiculous. Ryan, well, uh, welcome back. Apparently, well, you know, I don't know who comes or goes on here, but I see people like, well, we've missed you, Ryan. So Ryan's been busy or he hates me. I don't know, but here he is. No, he says this week with work has sucked. Ryan says, I love listening to Big Fraud talk about all these damn recipes and cooking. You'd probably be a goddamn Michelin star chef if you had your own restaurant. Think of the possibilities. Big fraud, surf, and turf, without a doubt. I know I could pull that off. I have people in my own household tell me that. Saturday, we did the chicken marsala. Oh, my God. 
I have never done this in my life, but add this to the list of great Eric Zane Show podcast, Slaughter the Turks recipes. I'll add the chicken marsala uh, recipe in the show notes here. Now, I didn't know anything about this. Marsala is the wine that you add. Okay. First of all, I've got this cool ass device I've talked about that, that dices and slices my food, my, my vegetables. Oh my God. I love that. Fucking so sweet. Started the day off with a pound of green beans that I, uh, sliced lengthwise to become a uh, uh, French cut. This is key. Very important to French cut those green beans because then they cook better. There's less to cook. They're more tender. They're better. This recipe is perfect because you just uh, a French cut the green beans and then you add uh, one shallot, which is a uh, uh, onion on steroids. So much more flavor in shallots than onions, in my opinion. They're a bitch to cut because they will burn your eyes. Uh, pro tip, if you ever cut up an onion, get a paper towel and get it so it's almost dripping with water. Okay? Ball it up, put water on it, and then set it on the cutting board. I don't know what fucking voodoo is happening there, but if you then put the onion next to it and do your choppy choppy, what would paralyze you with uh, burning pain is greatly reduced or gone altogether, depending on the strength of the onion. I don't know how it works, but it does. Saw it on TikTok or some shit. It's legendary. It is now my idea. I came up with it. You take the uh, thinly sliced shallots, mix it with the beans, um, you add, uh, what the fuck? Wait a minute. I forgot how to do this. I've only done it once. That doesn't matter. You, uh, It turns out fantastic. It's so simple. Um, I will leave the recipe in the show notes because you got to have green beans with your chicken marsala. You take the flour, you throw it in a bag. You take freshly ground pepper, you throw it in the same bag with the salt. That's it. These uh, chicken breasts, you have to, um, you know how like they're so damn thick because they, they just pump so many amazing steroids into chickens these days. And thank God, thank God they do. They're ridiculous. You get these Arnold Schwarzenegger Pex chicken breasts and you uh, uh, cut them in half lengthwise to um, make them less thick. And then you um, get a meat hammer and you pound the chicken down to like a quarter inch. Throw the chicken in the bag and then you just shake them like shake and bake. You get that shit coated with flour and then you're going to fry those chicken breasts in oil and butter extra virgin olive oil and butter and uh till they're just done okay now if you cook them more than they need to chicken breasts there's a fine line between awesome and big pile of shit chicken has a tendency to you get it one degree over what it's supposed to be cooked at and it turns into no flavor dry as dry as dick and it's awful you just barely 
barely cook it till it's done, but it's done. Pull it off the uh, the heat. Then you're going to add everything else, like the mushrooms, more butter, uh, uh, garlic, uh, uh, more shallots. You got to make this this uh, chicken broth. You got to put the chicken broth in there. You got to put the, the marsala wine. All right. And then you uh, cook it up, add the chicken, and voila, you have chicken marsala. Uh, Chris says, that's why I use chicken thighs. Yeah, I get that. But if you, you, if you use chicken breasts smashed thin and cook them appropriately, they're an absolute must. My God. Uh, how the hell did I get on this topic? Speaking of um, uh, cooking, I am really becoming impressed with my son-in-law, Justin. Yesterday was Tuesday Thanksgiving. You know, you have this scenario where my daughter and my son-in-law are going to uh, just, it's, you know, they, they have to divide and conquer, not divide and conquer, but like last year they were here for Thanksgiving. So this year they go up to Justin's um, family for Thanksgiving. So we did it on Tuesday. And um, this dude is just killing it. Jackie does not cook. This is becoming a thing in more and more households. You know, years ago, that was the stereotype. That the lady stays home and cooks. Now it's whoever does it, you know, whoever just happens to like it the most, I guess. It doesn't have anything to do with someone's gender. It's just who feels like doing it. I get, I get great enjoyment out of uh, hours and hours in a kitchen. I love it. I really enjoy it. Um, even even like being a fry cook at Bosco's, the uh, young ladies who are the servers, they actually on their own brought up in front of me and Doug. And this, I think, made Doug butt hurt that Eric's fries actually are better than Doug's fries. Now, the only thing different is who's preparing them. It's the same fry. It's the same oil. Heat cooks them. What could possibly be different? Well, me. And I'm going to, I swear to God, this is critical. When you pull the fries from the fryer, you have about 10 seconds to shake, get excess oil off. They're still wet with the oil, which is going to leave in seconds. You put them into this big metal bowl. Time is of the essence. If you wait too long and and put the salt on, the sea salt, you sprinkle it on with your fingers. Those fries have to be still damp with hot oil, which is either going to evaporate or go into the fry. You need the sea salt to hit the hot oil, which it then, on a very small level, if you could watch it under a microscope, it's going to dissolve the salt and then just get incorporated into the fry. Subtle, but perfect. Otherwise, 
if you're an asshole and you let it just hang there, oh, oh salt them later. <laughs> yeah, you throw the uh, fry, the salt in, it just bounces off the fry and goes, fuck you. Okay? In addition, the metal bowl has a lot of leftover salt from um, an oily salt from the previous batch. You put it into, you put the fries into the bowl and you swirl. So the, uh, the first fries that hit the bowl are getting salted. Sprinkle on top. Then you toss them. You flip them into the air. They tumble back into the bowl. More swirly swirl. Toss, toss. Swirl, toss. Toss, swirl. Flippy, flippy. Boom. Put them up on top of the hot oven. You're waiting for about another minute and a half before the burger is done. Put the hot burger on the bun. Assemble the burger. Put a toothpick through it. Put the fries onto the uh, platter. Order. Boom. Perfect. Oh, my God. You have to do it this way. You cannot wait to salt the fries. Thank you to Ben. He knows. Not salting right away is worse than a rookie mistake. It's unacceptable behavior and uh, it, uh, it must be corrected, he writes. At first, he wrote, just be corrected. He pulled a Kenny. Ryan says, there's nothing worse than biting into a fry that was cooked with old, smelly-ass cooking oil. I'll give Doug, Doug credit on this. He changes the oil on those fryers very a lot. Okay. Your dining experience is perfect at Bosco's. Uh, if I'm cooking the fries. Anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go to Justin's yesterday. Justin and Jackie's. He's making this Thanksgiving feast. I'm walking up the drive and the smoker is in the driveway. Now, this is one of those smokers that are made by like uh, Traeger, which are just the shit. You just throw the food on and then you take like a scoop of like these pellets. It's like dog food. And you just throw them into the thing and then you just walk away and leave it alone. And uh, I go, all right, smoker's out. I got to see if there's anything in there because if there's the turkey is in there, we have trouble because that food needs to rest. And that means we're not going to eat till like 9 p.m. I open it up. No turkey. I go, yes. All right. Uh, green arrow or green check mark. Green arrow. Green arrow. Remember green arrow? Anyway. Uh, fuck was that walking in and i uh the turkey looks ridiculously perfect i go what's going on here justin i just got it out it's resting and i'm like yes green check mark number two i said what have you done spatchcock now i've heard that term but I go, the what? Spatchcock the turkey. I don't know who came up with the idea. But then there's a reason why you do it. The only thing I can think is it helps it uh, cook more evenly. Because 
you actually flip the bird over and you take a knife and you cut out its backbone and you pull it out like fucking predator and you throw it away and then you flip it over and then you push on the breast and it it's the turkey's wings and legs go out all right you're basically mutilating the corpse spatchcock is what it's called don't know why uh, i i couldn't remember what it was called so i i looked it up today and it's uh i thought it was splatcock This is what it looked like, but it was cooked. That is a spatchcock turkey. Throw that thing on the Traeger. I go, what did you season it with? And uh, he pulls out the season. I go, oh, buddy, this is going to be good. I go, you have done it. Hilarious moment because... Um, well, the potato recipe, the mashed potatoes were in like a, uh, uh, a Pyrex nine by 13 or whatever, as opposed to like a bowl of potatoes, mashed potatoes. And it looked like they had been baked. And I said, what is this? What is this potato recipe? And he goes, Mashed potatoes. They all laughed. Ha ha. Fuck you, dumbass. Uh, EZ made the green bean casserole here. In fact, on the Patreon bonus podcast, a timer went off while I was doing the podcast. I had to run downstairs, uh, pull them out of the oven, and put the, uh, 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 what do you call it? French's fried onions on top of it. Put it back in. Come up here. Finish the podcast. Takes a village. We crushed it. My God. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. You know, there's uh, there's still some rookie things that are um, that are uh, a part of his repertoire. Like he just took a jar of gravy and just dumped it into a thing. I was like, it's a, that, hey, that'll work. That'll work. You took care of, you know, sometimes you can't have a murderer's row lineup. I mean, I can. I do have a murderer's row lineup when it comes to what we eat at this house. All right. But, you know, one through nine being all deadly threats at the plate is very, very rare. Occasionally, you'll have a seven, eight, nine hitter who's yeah, a fucking Tom Brookins or Larry Herndon. You know, kind of a rally killer when you get to that spot in a line. I mean, Top half, you, you know, you can have uh, Sweet Lou, Alan Trammell, Gibby, Lance Parrish, uh, Daryl Evans, whatever. Maybe some, maybe throw in Chester Lemon, and uh, with a pitching staff like, uh, you know, Jack Boris, Dan Petrie, and uh, Willie Hernandez to uh, close it out. Which uh, rest in peace, Willie Hernandez. Yeah, now. If you're my age and you grew up following baseball, I don't follow it now. 
but I did back in the day. The Detroit Tigers in 1984 started out the year 35 and 5. Fuck. That's like one quarter of the schedule. And they lost five fucking games. They coast through the rest of the season. Fucking, uh, they're two months into the regular season and the, and the playoffs are over. Actually, Toronto did challenge them to some degree because I think, I think the Tigers, after they started out 35 and five, um, I think they just hung out and did cocaine and just, you know, I think they finished like 20 games over 500. Well, that team had this relief pitcher named Willie Hernandez who kind of didn't do shit for his, uh, the first six, seven years of his career until he got to Detroit. And then he has this one particular year, 1984, when you know his ERA is like 1.9 as a relief pitcher closer, uh, closer, 32 saves. The guy's just lights out. If you bring it, if you bring in Hernandez to close out the game, it's over. Amanda says, I thought we were talking about food. Yeah, I know. You're probably going to shut it off now. Well, he's dead. He died yesterday. Uh, They didn't say how he died. By the way, he turned into a real asshole. After a couple years, a couple solid years with the Tigers, he started to go downhill. And you know how it is with fucking sports fans. They hate your guts. Fuck, they booed the Lions in that last game against the Bears. They were booing, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jared Goff. By the way, Ryan says, Ryan says, I would appreciate it if you only read Amanda comments in Amanda impression. Big fraud. Amanda then adds, I'm thinking about shutting your show off, but not because you're talking about food, but because you're talking about sports. What a simpleton, first of all. Let me just say, if you're the type of idiot who says, I mean, look, I have a gift. You need to understand that. I can take anything fucking anything and make it interesting. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If I'm talking about it, it's going to be interesting. I can't do anything else well. But the one thing I know how to do is tell a fucking story and try to make it amusing at some point. And I can't predict when or how it's going to happen, but it always does. It always does. It always works out. But Ryan wants me to read this in your voice. I'm thinking about shutting this off. Not because you're talking about food. But because you're talking about sports. the fuck is wrong with you what kind of an asshole does that like if i'm watching let's say i'm watching monday night football and uh and peyton manning is annoying me 
I know that eventually I'm going to start liking him again. Okay? Here, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to quit. I'm just going to give you 600 seconds because you're such a moron. Eat that, you fucking idiot. You Brahma bull dickhead. Shut up. Cole says, what if you talked about Central Michigan Women's Club hockey? That's sports, kind of. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need your bullshit today, you drama queen dick face. Fuck me. Tyler says Eric is the best at two things, making fries and making things interesting. And there are no fries to be made this morning, dipshit. Thank you, Tyler. It's like she says, I really want to get yelled at today. I'll say anything at all. You know, I think if you look at the long-storied careers of the most annoying people in the history of this show, in the, in the, uh, I mean, now I'm not talking about, uh, former Zaniacs. That was its own era of this era. It's no surprise that the most annoying person here, Amanda is actually still somewhat former Zaniac. I mean, she still reaches out to these people and narks me out. Everybody knows it. And it was always a dog fight between uh, one of the two in the gruesome twosome, uh, Kenny and Amanda. But Amanda has been consistently more annoying as of late. And I think that if you look in the history of the averages, she's starting to edge out our other belly buster pal, Kenny. Kenny is actually, her idiocy is making Kenny more lovable. God damn, are you a fucking weirdo? Shut up. God damn. Bob says, I was working in Miss What Eric is Mad at America. Okay. Yeah, it's a long story. Just, just, just go back. Just, you know, don't worry about it. It's got the moment is gone. Tyler says, shall we update the Mount Rushmore of annoying? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should. You can only have four spots. On the far left is Amanda's face. Next to that, Amanda's ass. Next to that, uh, Amanda's unbelievably uh, cartoonishly large boobs and then Kenny. That's the way the world is right now. I'm not going to listen because they're talking about something that doesn't interest me. 
are the things I'm interested. Fried, broiled, sauteed, noodles. I can't think of any other foods. Fuck. There's nothing that pisses me off more than an idiot who is sitting there saying, yeah, um, and it's such a fucking myopic view of the world. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in what you're interested in, what you're actually working doing. I'm just going to sit here and tell you this sucks, and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to turn this off as opposed to just being quiet and waiting. Now look what you've done. Look what you have done. My God. All right. I've punched myself out. Uh... Today, uh, you know what? I should update you on my father. Um, my dad, I talked to dad yesterday and I, I think he might've forgotten that he has COVID. He picks it up. Hello. Sounds maybe a little raspy. I go, Hey dad, how are you? He goes fine. And everything's like inflecting up. Like he's wondering what I'm calling for in the middle of the day. Fine. Uh, how's everything there? Good. Uh, feeling okay? Yeah. Why? Oh, you know, just checking in on you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh. Okay. Uh, I love you. I love you too, honey. Calls me honey. Okay. Well, I'll be seeing you. No, I won't be seeing you. I didn't say that because I won't be seeing him because he's got COVID. I'm thinking about, by the way, tomorrow driving by his house and rolling down the window and saying, hey, how you doing? Just to see him, you know, Thanksgiving. And uh, so it was all really short. And uh, I was confident that he was upright. Okay, well, I'll talk to you. Okay, 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 honey. Bye-bye. Amanda, is this okay, by the way? Is it okay that I'm talking about this? I want to make sure. This isn't something that doesn't like bother you or annoy you. Ah, this fuck. Can I eat your dad? Hang up. No, Joanne. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? How come I didn't hear from Joanne in the background? Text my sister slash stepsister Sue. Sue, what's up? We talked to them today. Yeah, I talked to my mom. I actually said, I go, how's your mom? Yeah, we're pretty sure she has it. She got a fever, headache. She feels like shit. Now it's, oh, God damn it. Okay, so I'm talking about this and, you know, I don't, obviously don't sound desperate or uh, overly concerned. By the end of the day yesterday, Joanne was feeling better from what I understand. Um, so keeping a close eye, communicating with, uh, with these people and, uh, Making sure everything's on the up and up. So I'll keep you posted as best as I can. Honestly, if it's only good news, I'm going to communicate that. If it's suddenly bad news, 
I haven't even. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around that right now. But um, you know, keep them in your thoughts, please. I had no less than three people in the last twelve hours suggest to me that I need to watch a documentary called Bye Bye Barry. Which is about the unexpected retirement of Barry Sanders. I need to watch the trailer. It is on. I don't think I've watched this with you yet. It is uh, on Amazon Prime. I, I will never forget when I first saw that guy carry the ball. It was at a time in my life when I had just started college and I wasn't really following anything Lions related. At the time, there were two things that I was really involved in. Drinking and vagina. All right. I had just met Diana and my God, it was a, uh, fucking nuclear reaction. The amount of times a day that we would bone was just ridiculous. Three, four times a day. I didn't even go to class. I would just bone. And uh, she was tw- over 21. So I wasn't. I was 18. She would buy me booze. She would buy me cases of Bush and Budweiser, and I just drink beer, go down, drink beer, just crazy, ridiculous. That's all I did. I had no idea who Barry Sanders was. Didn't know anything where he played college. Didn't know he didn't even know he won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Linda says, "How did you get the privacy if you were in the dorms? If there's a will, there's a way." We would, okay, so in the dorms at Sweeney, there would be these lofts. You build a loft in your room, and uh, there was like a curtain around it. Hey, we're going up to take a nap. Her roommates are um, in the room below the loft, like six feet away. And we're going to Pound Town. I'm surprised that it didn't start raining through the mattress on them. It was basically like group sex. It was ridiculous. Anyway. Um, so I don't know anything about this fucking Barry Sanders. And then uh, I saw him run the ball and I went, what is this? What, what, what planet is this guy from? And I was instantly hooked. And then like nine years into the career, he suddenly retires. That's it. No more. How? Why? What happened? And as I understand it, when he retired, he like sent a, uh, a, a facsimile. And it just rolled in on the curly paper and said, hey, see you later. We'll never see somebody like Barry Sanders again. It was lightning from the first snap that he took. Because of that, Detroiters were just all in. 
for this second, he's here, and then a thousand one, he's not here anymore. He's over there, and you're tackling air. Normal joints don't move the way Barry Sanders' joints move. I'm sorry. How do you juke people, get to the end zone, and just give the ball to the ref? He's so humble, and it's real. He just wanted to play football. This guy did something special every single Sunday. He gave Detroit a sense of hope that the city desperately needed. It's a privilege to be one of the players that will help restore the roar. Ryan Sanders, Detroit is back! We had the greatest running back that ever played the game. But then, something happened. Shocking announcement has thousands of fans feeling flustered. Barry Sanders will retire, not with the press conference, but with a statement. He sends a fax Machine? Everybody's trying to figure out why. What the F are you doing? Was Barry frustrated playing for a losing team? Is yes. this a bargaining ploy? My dad was opinionated. It was tough to experience that. He would tell Barry he'll never be better than Jim Brown. He was affected by guys who got hurt. Well, his teammates suffer serious injuries. Nobody walks away at the peak of their powers like this. There has to be something else. Marker? Oh my God. And I don't know that there is. I mean, I haven't seen it and no one's spoiled it for me yet. But fuck, you know, he's just a different cat. The guy, I, in my opinion, without seeing this, and I'm, I may be wrong. Some of you have already seen it. I know Linda saw it. Um, I think he's just like, it wasn't nearly as, as important as it was for everybody else. I don't know if it was that important uh, for him. I know that the records weren't important to him. I mean, you know, uh, there was a time when he could have won the single season um, uh, rushing title. And there was another running back by the name of, I think, Christian Okoye is who it was. The Nigerian nightmare. And all Barry had to do was go ahead and get a couple of yards and he'd have won the rushing title. He goes, ah, fuck it. I don't, I don't give a shit. And then uh, the whole uh, Walter Payton deal. As I understand it, he didn't really care to break Walter Payton's record. It actually let him have it. Just, I mean, he was that guy. He didn't, he was just motivated by backing down and, and not, ah, uh, it's just fucking very cool. Well, one in a million, really. Very subtle, soft spoken, sweet. Never see that guy frustrated. And I think that one of the other things that uh, this is my theory is that we had this uh, coach by the name of uh, Bobby Ross at the time, the Lions, and he fucking sucked. Okay, and I I think that they, I think he kind of was like, you know what? I don't need this shit. I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to play for this dick. Fuck him. I am out. Um, so there you go. I, I can't wait to watch that son of a bitch. Yeah. That team was ridiculous because the lions had like a, a lot of fantastic players and they, they couldn't do shit. Chris says Wayne Fonts was coaching Barry. Not at the end. At the end, uh, it was Bobby Ross. And, uh, I, not, my prediction is part of that. At the end of that uh, tenure, he was like, oh, boy, I can't handle this guy. I think he was more like a drill sergeant. 
Fonts was like he would come in and go, Barry, Barry, hey, Barry, how are you, Barry? You ready to play? Barry's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go do some cocaine, and uh, the game plan is we're just going to give you the ball whenever you call for it. I love you, Barry. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, Barry. Thumbs up. I love Barry Sanders, baby. Uh, Kent writes, there's a point that will infuriate you when you hear what quarterbacks wanted to go play with Barry and Fonts. Yeah, the Lions had, um, God damn, when Barry was playing, you had uh, uh, Rodney Pete, Andre Ware, Eric Kramer, Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell was such an asshole that the nicest guy ever, Lomas Brown, one of the offensive linemen, um, he admitted years later that he so disliked Scott Mitchell that he tipped off the defense that, hey, I'm going to let you through. Go and smash his fucking face in. And, and Mitchell, he did, and Mitchell got injured in the play. And... Uh, Time out. Hey, where are you? Okay. This is why I got to interrupt myself because I got a feeling Darla's going to take a dump. So hold that thought. I got to go pass her off to Diana. Who's here? She's here. Okay. Galliano, there's a name from the past. Uh, let's see, Chris D. Who, by the way, Chris got the Hillsboro reference the other day that uh, Blue State Rob made, just keeping score. Let's see. Just uh, sent you... Twitter about Mitchell. He's a loose cannon talking about the documentary. LOL. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see it. Send it again or send it an email. I have no idea. I'll come back to it. Uh, I'm excited about that. That should be a uh, fantastic uh, watch. Maureen says, good news, Linda. Barry is single. We need to go to some MSU basketball games and stalk him. Uh, Linda, I guess, is on the prowl. She saw the documentary, and she wants Barry Sanders to be her next husband. Jesus. All right. So we're off and rolling on this, the day before Thanksgiving. I will have to watch Bye Bye Barry while laying in bed tonight. That's what I'll do after, after, 
making 20, count them, 20 pounds of Eric Zancho podcast, Slaughter the Turks, uh, mashed potatoes. After making the gravy, after making the uh, sweet potatoes, uh, busting my ass in the kitchen, haul that shit all the way across the state tomorrow morning and uh, over to Charity Scam Mike's house uh, to be there before kickoff at 12.30, Lions and the Packers. I don't take anything for granted with this football team. It's been so many ridiculous years um, of, of frustration that I just hold my breath in every game. I have decided that I don't, I'm so invested that I don't even like close games. Okay. I want every game to be like 65 to nothing. I just, my brain is just ruined from all the years of abuse. I it's PTSD. It really is this fucking team, uh, where they've done well this year, but I'm still just, I mean, as much as I've been on the bandwagon and loving the lines, even when they were shitty. Oh boy. It just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for something bad to happen. Could this be a long con? God. I, and if 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 not, let's just say Dan Campbell uh, and the Lions do it all and win the Super Bowl. Can you imagine what Dan Campbell would be able to do in this state? He could walk into any restaurant and say, feed me. You know, if he turned into an asshole, he could just go, bitches suck. And women would be just, one would be, uh, have his balls like in their mouth. Another one would have, would be on his penis. I mean, it's remarkable. What the, he could walk into a bank and say money. And they just throw it at him. Take our money. Take it. He will be able to do anything. He would instantaneously become the most popular legend in the history of Detroit sports. He would push aside Barry Sanders. He would push aside Gordie Howe, Jack Morris. Um, I never did finish my story about Willie Hernandez uh, because rhino face Amanda fucked it all up. But I was going somewhere with a remarkable story about this guy. After the great year with the Tigers, he had like maybe one, possibly two decent years. And then he started to play shitty. And the fans started to boo him. At about that time, Mitch Album, of all people, had referred to him as a crybaby in a column for the free press. 11 months later, he is uh, sitting on a bench in the dugout, on the bench in the dugout, talking to former Tiger pitcher Frank Tanana. One-on-one interview, and he's, uh, I don't know if he's just, if it's audio or if he's taking notes to re- to write a column. Hernandez has remembered the jersey number, and he wants revenge. This is 11 months later. He gets a big fucking Gatorade jug full of ice water and dumps it on Mitch album from behind, just like dumps it on him. And Mitch goes, what the fuck is that? And Hernandez says, fuck you, motherfucker. And so that was it. He did that. And so uh, 
Mitch didn't say anything. He did, Well, he probably would get killed. Uh, but that's how bitter that guy was. It wasn't long after that. He, uh, he then, you know what uh, Willie Hernandez wanted to do to try to change things up here? He's a fucking 40-year-old man. He marches up to the uh, where the PA announcer is at Old Tiger Stadium. And uh, just before the game's about to start, he like bursts in. He goes, hey, I no longer am to be known as Willie. You have to refer to me now when I come into the game as Guillermo. I am now Guillermo Hernandez. And then he goes walking into Ernie. Hey, how are you there, Willie? Hey, how you doing there? Yeah, fuck you. I'm no longer Willie. I'm Guillermo. He wanders over to where Al Kaline and George Kellard. Hey, fuck face. Guillermo. So they had to call him Guillermo from that point forward. That's when you really know that it's over. When you change your name. What a fucking child. Well, anyway, he's dead. 69 years old. May he rest in peace. Aha. I see it now, Chris. The article reads, X-Lions quarterback Scott Mitchell goes on wild rant over Barry Sanders documentary. But I, I click on it and all I see is a picture. Okay, there it is. Let's see. I might want to get to this now. I just watched Bye Bye Barry on Amazon Prime, Mitchell wrote in a lengthy Facebook rant as first reported by the Detroit News. It was not a very pleasant experience. I was Barry Sanders' teammate for five years. I had a front row seat to some of the most amazing plays in NFL history. Scott Mitchell writes. Is this okay, Amanda? He will never have an he will never have an equal as a pure runner in the NFL. I could argue that there were several running backs that were more complete, but I won't. Barry was great. However, I am so tired of hearing how I was the reason that Barry Sanders never won a Super Bowl, Mitchell added. I'm so tired of hearing how I was not a good quarterback. My only response is fuck you all. That includes Eminem and Jeff Daniels. The documentary examines a prolific career that lacked playoff success and ended with an abrupt retirement in 1998. Some, including Detroit residents like Daniels and Eminem, lamented that the Lions' postseason failures in part was because of the lack of a great quarterback to play alongside Sanders. The film, though, did go beyond questioning the quarterback position and focused on the overall lack of support around Sanders. Mitchell landed with the Lions before the 1994 season after seven impressive games filling in for an injured Dan Marino on the Dolphins. You ever like be reading and then it just like everything moves on you and you suddenly lose your spot as to where you were? Yeah, that just happened to me. And then when you go to tap something else, you end up clicking on a goddamn Saks Fifth Avenue ad. The juice is not worth the squeeze. I can't do it. My, I, I'm hovering my thumb over where it says read more. And the space between the tip of my thumb and the actual screen is maybe a millimeter. 
All I have to do is go like that. And in the uh, time it takes me to start thinking about the movement, to actually executing the thumb movement to the screen, it moves and the ad is now what I'm going to click. I click the Saks Fifth Avenue and this, hey, get these shoes. Fuck. I hate that. It's not your fault, Chris. All right. Thank you if you're enjoying the show on Facebook, X, and YouTube. X, you hear that? It's like uh, Elon Musk is, uh, everybody's giving him shit. There's that Media Matters, which is like a watchdog group or some shit, whatever the fuck that means, has said that uh, uh, he's he likes loves Adolf Hitler or some shit. And now everybody is pulling their ads from X because Elon Musk loves Adolf Hitler. And I don't know that he does. It's just what everybody's saying. He's like, ah, oh, he hates Jews. He's anti-Semitic and uh, he loves Hitler and he's a Nazi. You know, I don't know. Anyway, thanks for following the show on Facebook X and YouTube, but the whole show is on Twitch. So that's where you want to watch. So don't ever click anymore on Facebook X or YouTube. Uh, go to Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live, create a username for yourself so that you can comment along with us and have a good time and talk about the fun things that we talk about and enjoy the show that way live every day, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. So, you know, you can actually get it in your car through your Bluetooth, just dim the screen. It's just like a fucking radio show minus the commercials. Minus, it's like a radio show minus the entertainment. Uh, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live or download the Twitch app today and search Eric Zane live. All one word audio podcast, wherever you download shows, which has the show notes, which has my great recipes that I just mentioned when the uh, show is published shortly after this gets done. I have a Patreon where there is tons more content for you. If uh, two hours of me doing my thing here every day is like, Hey, I could, I could stand to listen to more every day. I've got a lot of time to kill at work. I wish it was more. I put hours and hours of content up there each and every week. Uh, in fact, next week, getting back to uh, who are these free beers, where Ben Glaze and myself review the world famous free beer and hot wings show. Who are these Justins is dead until Justin decides to get off his narrow ass and do some more shows. I think we killed him. Uh, Patreon is free for seven days. Go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Eric Zane. All right. Referring to the ads, jumping around on the uh, mobile app when you're trying to read a story. Corey says that's intentional. I know, I know it is. But people who aren't old and feeble don't fall for it. I do. That's how they get you, as they say. All right. Thank you, Facebook, X, and YouTube. Twitch and Facebook brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Uh, That reminds me, concerning uh, Irvine's, Megan is trying to save somebody's life. Megan from Irvine's. And I'm going to tell you about that in just a second. This is fucking incredible. We could have an absolutely magic moment on this show. Oh, and she's not even here to uh, uh, witness it, too. 
kind of lean today, actually. I think today might be one of those days where people are like, um, a lot of people are like actually missing work or if they are, and if they are missing work, they might be like preparing for like Thanksgiving or perhaps traveling. Yesterday was a bang up day for EZ. You know, uh, when you're a ragtag shitbox show like me, uh, when I see north of 50 people enjoying the live stream, I sit up taller in my chair. I averaged uh, 44 yesterday. Now, if you're anyone who's ever done any type of uh, uh, live streaming, you're like, God, what a ridiculously slow number to be excited about. Hey, all I care about is that it's more than it has been. As long as it goes up, by the time I'm 99 years old, I might be able to average 75 people a show. If I can average 75 people a show for one calendar month, your old pal EZ becomes a uh, partner. And I don't even know what exactly that entails, but it is a goal. Corey says, that's me when I get five people watching. Isn't that crazy? You're like, yes, there's five people paying attention to me. Whenever somebody says, oh, yeah, you're just doing it for attention. Yes. Attention is what we all crave. Everyone does. Uh, Badger7419 says, I'm here. Usually a Spotify listener. Well, thank you. Some people just are part of it and don't actually come out from the shadows to say hello. And that's totally cool. I don't give a shit. As long as that counter shows numbers. That's all I care about. Um, God, my mind is just going in 10 directions today that I can't even focus what the fuck I was going to. Oh, um, okay. I know where I was. Thank you again to Blue Frost IT for sponsoring the X feed, the anti-Semitic X feed, the open and live stream of this brought to you by Senor Martinez. Now, uh, Joe's head is going to explode because he just commented about how it's a big sports weekend. Black Friday hockey. Um, you have hockey Sunday too. And then Saturday, his beloved Michigan Wolverines take on Ohio state. Uh, Michigan will win that game. I wish the Buckeyes won that game because I like to see butthurt Michigan fan. That would be fantastic to hear all of the whining. I'm here for the drama. I am here for the drama. And Joe, that is the best you're going to get out of me. I predict a Michigan victory. I, I hope and pray for an Ohio State victory. That's what I'm hoping for. You've got Hockey Friday for EZ. And Joe Martinez, Saturday football. Saturday night, Grand Rapids gold basketball. Sunday, hockey. Son of a bitch. That is awesome.
Kyle says, butthurt Michigan fans get angry, unlike crybaby state fans who only pout and throw temper tantrums. Oh, there it is. Joe Martinez says he'll be partying in downtown Ann Arbor after the Michigan game. Yeah, he's going to burn cars. You know, all those rich Michigan kids are going to be like, okay, there's a Mexican here. Tell him to go burn everybody's car. That's going to be sweet. I want to see you on the news speaking Spanish. Okay, please mention me, Joe Martinez. Well, anyway, uh, I don't know about the rest of the week as to if they're open or if they're making calls. Well, the, actually, they are. I mean, if you need an after-hour service call, you can definitely call A&E Heating and Cooling. Now, Joe might pick up the phone drunk, all right? If that's the case, uh, he's going to pass the phone off to his son-in-law or someone else to handle the, handle the work to get your furnace back on. But you're going to pay out the ass for that. After our service call, it's expensive, but they can get your heat on for you. Uh, but look, I digress. 616-516-8579 A&E heating and cooling for any emergency services or anything like that. And you do still have time to schedule before December 1 for the free furnace tune-up. That's right, a free furnace tune-up. This is normally $79, which is already cheap and something that you should have done every month. I'm sorry, every year. Once a year, you should have your furnace tuned up. It's safer, it's cleaner, it runs better, um, uh, less chance of any anything sideways happening, and can even predict the life of the furnace just by how it's running, you know? Um, and it's now free. It's free till December 1 because Joe has teamed up with DTE Energy and to do this, and like he shows up, does the work, and then leaves. And that's the best part of this, when he leaves. Uh, it's even better than the fact that it's free. Once you get his dirty ass out of your house, he then turns in that he did the work to DTE and then they pay him. You never have to give him money, which is great. That's till December 1st. Get your free furnace tune-up. 616-516-8579. Trust me, if you call any of these other losers in town, um, in addition to cleaning your furnace, which they will, they're also going to try to sell you a new furnace. They're going to go hard on the sell too. Get the fuck out. Uh, God bless Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV, 616-532-6600. The best. Irvine's.com. That's Irvine's.com. Uh, for any scheduled maintenance, as simple as an oil change, something more complex, they do it all right in the middle of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Find them online at ervines.com. Check out their Google reviews. They've got loaner cars for you to use for free while your vehicle is being repaired. What a service that is. 616-532-6600. And I do want to mention that King's Room Barbershop, what a place to get your hair cut. Oh, my God. Three locations. Caledonia, uh, Northland Drive, and... The newest location at 821 36th Street Southwest in Wyoming, Michigan, right next to the costume room. Walk in. That's all they do is walk-ins. There's no appointments necessary. No appointments, period. And uh, get your haircut. If you're like, eh, I think I'll get a haircut, you won't wait any more than 15 minutes. The longest you'll wait is 15 minutes. 
They have they're fully staffed all the time, just waiting there. Uh, occasionally, you go in and and Andy's there, like actually sitting in the barber chair reading a newspaper, like the old days. He's not even reading it. You, that's just what you expect the barber to be doing if he's not working. He's sitting in in the chair with a newspaper, waiting for customers. Go put his ass to work. Do mention EZ when you get your hair cut at King's Room. Andy and Colleen are the owners. If they cut your hair, just tell them directly. Or if it's one of the other talented professional stylists, tell them. Please tell Andy or Colleen that EZ sent me. Thank you. You're on your way. Kingsroom.net for hours, exact locations, and schedules. Haircut's going to cost you 19 bucks. Um, the multi-talented Megan at Irvine's reached out to me yesterday and she said, we are trying to save this woman's life. Do you want to help? I said, yeah, I'll do it. Let's, let's, let's get behind. This is something we can really get behind. Now, there's 39 of you watching and listening to this while I'm live, maybe a half dozen or so comment regularly, which is cool. All right. Some of you are just silent and enjoying what's happening. Thank you. But I'm speaking to everybody because what I'm about to tell you may strike you in a certain way. I'm not even being funny. Not even trying to be funny. That it might uh, motivate you to do something that you never dreamed that you would do. What I'm about to tell you. Um, so be ready for it because here it comes. Uh, one of you may be motivated to give away one of your kidneys. I want you to open your brain and your mind, same thing, your brain, your soul, your body, and just put yourself into this place right now. This lady in Grand Rapids will be dead soon. But one of you, you all have the power, at least to consider cashing in one of your kidneys. If you do this, it'll be uncomfortable for about 24 hours. You're probably not going to be doing any lifting anything heavier than a uh, half gallon of milk for a couple of weeks. You'll be moving a little slow and then you're fine. The woman who gets your kidney would have been dead, will have been dead, will be dead soon if she doesn't get one. Now, the way this works is people who need a kidney, there's no like real way to do it effectively other than um, quite literally uh, nail posters onto telephone poles saying, please help me, I'm dying. Please help me. I'm dying. Would you do that? 
Uh, Ryan says, gift of life won't accept my gay organs. Same with Red Cross. Gay blood is not allowed. Never heard of that. Well, why don't you just lie? Just don't, just don't tell them. I lied my ass off when I donated my kidneys. Because I was on this uh, anti-anxiety medicine. And the psychologist, because there's a panel of doctors that you meet with. And I meet with her. She goes, uh, are you taking this medicine? Eh, maybe a little here and there. Yeah, it's ineffective unless you take it every day. Why are you taking it? I don't know. Just placebo, I guess. Have it. I'm lying. I take it every day. She says, uh, well, don't. I said, okay. So then I actually did stop taking it. Uh, because I didn't want them to test me later and see it's still in my bloodstream. And uh, it worked. And then as soon as I got done giving the kidney away, I went back, started taking it again. Fucking problem solved. Guy's alive. It worked. Kyle says, well, they will take my blood. I just have to go at least three months with no sex. And that is not allowed in gay culture. I think everything you're saying is bullshit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Everything you've said here so far about this is bullshit. Could you maybe shut your gay mouth up for a minute and let me talk? You do realize that I'm better than you. God damn. All you're doing is saying things that aren't accurate. Anyway, let me continue. You guys are the only fucking bunch of people, Kyle in particular, who all I'm trying to do is get somebody uh, moved enough to just call, okay? Just call and take a test. That doesn't mean you're committed to anything. All I'm trying to get you to do when I give it to you is call a phone number here in West Michigan. Well, and you don't have to be from here. You can be from anywhere in the U.S. If you call this certain number to this hospital system that the kidney transplant team, they're going to say, okay, uh, we need to figure out like uh, a couple things. We need you to get a blood draw, one blood draw. That's all you're going to do. And they're going to determine how close of a match you are. Now, you need to know this. Even if you don't match this exact recipient, the way the donor system is set up, it's like give a penny, take a penny. Like if Kyle Ryan stopped talking bullshit, um, he could donate his kidney and it goes into the give a penny little dish and then they pull a penny out, which is a kidney, and put it into the person that we're talking about now. That's the way the program works. Okay? So I want all of you to there, remember that movie, the the second Top Gun movie. Don't think, Maverick. Don't think. Just do. I don't want any of you morons to think about this, because if you think about it, you're not going to do it. When the moment struck me, when I gave away my kidney, I did not think. I had one conversation with my wife. I said, "Hey, would you do this?" And I didn't give my chance to even think about it. 
And then as soon as I, I, uh, uh, she said, yes, I immediately turned around and said to Jeffrey, Hey, I'm going to try to give you a kidney. Now, once I told him about that, now I'm committed because there's no fucking way in hell. I'm going to let that guy down after what I just told him. Had I kept my mouth shut and waited, I wouldn't have done it because I would have thought about it. And your fucked up mind is like my fucked up mind. It's going to convince you that something bad is going to happen. It's not. 99.9999999999999% of these, everything is fine. Take it from me, not a big deal. I just interviewed Scott Panawazak. Uh, he's from here. He saw my post about Jeffrey at about the same time that he saw the story from channel 13 about, uh, Amy McKay. She's dying. He gave her a kidney. Uh, I posted that on Facebook. I think I posted the audio on the audio platform too. My point is just trust me. Don't think just do. Is that Yoda? Just no more thinking. Just call this number. So I don't give a shit who you are. I don't, cause you know what people do when they find out they immediately start making excuses. And I said to Diana, I go, do you want to give this lady a kidney? She goes, I'm too old. I go, you don't know that. That's not true. Just, just call the number. Uh, I want everybody who's enjoying the show right now to simply call call you're probably not going to be able to do it they don't like uh shit kidneys and some of you do have shit kidneys some of you are too heavy some of you drink too fucking much some of you do too much cocaine i of course since i am the best at everything 200 days is all it took me uh, unbelievably healthy. All the uh, boxes were checked green in an instant. And, uh, I recovered, uh, flawlessly. Uh, Ryan says, I would do this, but I already have kidney problems in my blood work. You don't know. That's an excuse. You don't know. Brandis says, uh, my alien kidney that grew back will probably get rejected. You don't know. Call. Shut up. Call. This is what we're doing. Take a look. Don't act like you already know. You see, you're not letting the doctors decide. Just call. It's an adventure. Go on it. Get out of your comfort zone. Otherwise, she's dying. This is sweet. Uh, I don't even know her name. Maria, I think. Is it? It says, searching for kidney donor. I have been on dialysis for over four years, and I am grateful for every moment it has allowed me to be with my children, but it is wearing on me. I need a kidney transplant, and I am searching for a kidney donor. So she has to be on that machine for like 10 hours a day, and it's 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 horrible. Uh, dialysis is horrible. Uh, she writes, a living donor will be my best chance of surviving and living a normal life. If you are interested in being tested to see if you are a match, please call Trinity. That's right here in West Michigan. Kidney Transplant Center. 616-685-6899. Or if you have questions, call me. 616-634-4951.
Um, all right, so call both. Introduce yourself. Get out of your and look at. She's wearing. I think she's Mexican, Joe Martinez. And look at what she's wearing in the one picture. She's wearing Michigan gear. So why don't you and one of your Mexican family members help this Michigan fan out and save her life, you dickhead? What the fuck? Give this. I want one of you to give this woman one of your kidneys. I am making the hard sell trying to get through to you. Do this. I'm telling you, it will be fine. You will be fantastic. You will be fly through this with uh, unbelievable results. And it will change your life for the better. Call this lady. 616-634-4951. Megan got a, got a hold of this. Of course, the center of everything good in the world goes through Megan. We all know this. I will uh, post it in the show notes for you to took, take a look at. I, honestly, um, when I say don't think, just do, I stand by that. Just call the number today. I want every one of you to call this number. But um, think about the good that you will do. Okay? You will be connected to this wonderful person for the rest of your life. And even if you're not, who gives a shit? You still saved a life. How many people can say that? I said to Megan, she goes, will you, will you promote, will you, will you post this to your Facebook? I go, fuck that. I will spend 20 minutes talking about it. She has made it a, uh, a priority to save this woman's life. So she's doing everything she can too. And, uh, what call Megan? There you go. You need to call. Everybody needs to just call. Let them decide for you. If you are fit to donate and I, I can't believe that Kyle suggested to me that they don't take gay organs. Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And even if that was true and it's not shut up and just lie, say that you're into pussy. Mitch says you're good at everything except having a good prostate. I'm good at having a bad prostate. Maureen says, do they like kidneys that have been encased in blubber for 60 years? Don't ask me. Call. Just call. First step in this is a phone call. Corey says livers grow back, not kidneys. Usually. That's true. The Ben Glaze says can't give my kidney, but can give... A kid elbow. I don't know. Maybe if you wrote it, not fucked up, it might have been funny. Dickhead Corey writes, Osama bin Laden was on dialysis and he did just fine. You asshole. Chris says, repeat the phone number. There's Harbaugh. Um, okay, hang on. Trinity Kidney Transplant Center, 616-685-6899. This lady's number, I don't know her name. 
Since what I did, uh, giving that kidney away to Jeffrey, I'm the best person to talk about this. The best person to talk about it. Because I speak from experience. And I can uh, walk the walk along with the talk. It sounds like a rap. Uh, Linda says, well, no kidney from me for her. I don't believe that. Just call. You don't decide. Why are you doing this? I told you to just call. Let them explain it to you. Take 10 minutes and call, dick. Ben Glaze says, I take gay organs in my mouth. That's a much better joke. Chris says, Ben, you got to write more jokes so Saul can review them. I agree with that. I missed that segment. Saul's joke review. That was so much fun. Uh, Speaking of Saul, it's time for a Jew update. Uh, Israel has brokered a ceasefire with Hamas. Hamas says we'll give away 50 of the hostages, three of which are American Jews, in exchange for 150 Palestinian or Hamas hostages. Four days off on the attacks. So that's done. And then Israel says if you give us 10 more a day, It'll buy you another day. And after this is all done, we're going back to killing you. Now, if I'm Hamas, and that's true, if I'm Hamas, I would not give anybody back. I would just slaughter them all because they're dead anyway. Uh, Not the uh, 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 hostages. uh, Palestinians are all dead anyway. They made their own fucking bed. I had a conversation with my daughter yesterday. She goes, uh, Diana, you know, she's like on a college campus and she's extremely liberal. And uh, she's, um, my wife says, hey, can you stop at Walgreens? And she goes, oh, you know, I would, but they're supporting Israel. And I go, what did you just say? Yeah, they're supporting. I go, do you have any idea what's going on there? And she looks kind of like she a deer in the headlights. I go, let me spell this out for you. So I started giving her a history lesson and uh, sparing you all the details. Uh, But I said, yeah, so then it comes to uh, October 7 of this year. And these animals go and uh, slaughter 1,400 people and then take another 250 dead babies everywhere and uh, then go back and blend in into uh, into their underground bunkers that are underneath orphanages and hospitals. Uh, they brought this all on themselves. And then Israel, this mighty army, said, fuck that. We're just going to level this place, and that's the end of it. And uh, uh, slash and burn. Sla- at this point, enough is enough. 
I go, how could you possibly fault them for that? Okay. She goes, well, were they trying to like, uh, uh, take over Palestine? I go, no, Israel doesn't want anything to do with those fucking sons of bitches. They want them to stay there. They want this to be segregated and separate. It's the only way they can survive in the same area. They brought the, this all on themselves. Fuck that. Blow them up. They, this, they have only themselves to point the finger at. She left that conversation with like, I go, yeah. I go, you should think about this. You shouldn't just bust out that you support Palestine. These are goddamn murderers. You do not know. That's the equivalent of like uh, Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda attacking the U.S. and tearing down the trade centers and blowing up the Pentagon. And then us attacking Afghanistan and then you saying, I stand with Afghanistan. I stand with Al-Qaeda. Get the fuck out of here. I go, you, yeah, you, you can't just, you can't. She goes, yeah, but look, there's a baby in a hospital. I know. She goes, it's a Palestinian baby. It's hurt. I go, well, of course it's hurt. Below it is a goddamn terror camp. To get to the terror camp, we have to go through the hospital. There are going to be babies that get shot. It's horrible, but there is no option. Fuck that. They brought this on themselves. This is their fault. Oh, I go, yeah. Oh, I go, you can't get, you can't learn what's going on by watching protests in New York city with these fucking piece of shit Palestinians waving their goddamn flags. Holy fuck. Whipped her ass into shape. Chris says, I'm glad you educated her and called her out. Cole says, Hamas definitely doesn't support your daughter. Is she aware of that? No, no. Yeah, Hamas has had this coming. And you know that at this point, they're realizing that they're fucked. They're like, uh, this is a big mistake. Now, all that this did was we pissed them off. We killed their people. And now we have nothing. All these dead babies and everything we have is rubble. And the best we could possibly hope for is a quick death. That's the best. That's the best deal you're going to get. Anton Chigurh. That's the best deal you're going to get. My God. Anyway, I nipped that one in the bud. Bud or butt? What did we decide? It's bud? Nipped it in the bud. I think it's nipped it in the bud. All right. So here in West Michigan, there's a story going around where Wood TV8 investigated one of my favorite investigative reporters of all time, Susan Sample. She's a goddamn legend. Uh, some mom calls her up and says, Hey, I got a story for you. My, um, my little son is, uh, well, he's 13. He came home from school and, uh, he had a, a mark, a big bruise on the side of his face. And, uh, and the son is autistic. He can't even talk. He's nonverbal. And, uh, She's like, what the hell happened to you? And, and she can't figure out what happened. 
And uh, she calls the school. Hey, how was my son today? Oh, he's good. You have a good day? Yeah, he's great. And then the mom finds out that uh, supposedly what we're learning is uh, you ever like seen those movies where like the woman's going cuckoo and the da- and the guy goes, shut up. Bam. And fucking Ike Turner's her right in the face. Uh, that's what happened at the school. So mom is pissed off and uh, shit is rolling downhill fast. Audio check, video check. Uh, Tanika is mom. Now, they really let me down. I depended on them to make my son safe, and they didn't. A West Michigan mom on a mission tonight after a teacher allegedly slapped her son, who has autism and cannot speak. Now, I, they're showing the kid's face here. Now, I don't know, maybe it's the resolution. But all I see is maybe one little discolorment and and uh, and that's about it. It might look like he needs some propecia. Uh, but I, I, I don't see the damage. Target eight investigator Susan Samples. Either way, I, you know, unless the parents say, hey, if my kid gets out of line, you can beat him. Uh, you're going to have a tough time get, finding a parent who's happy with the teacher if they lay hands on the kid broke this story and she has more revelations tonight susan former lincoln teacher katie lindell resigned after the alleged incident and she's been charged criminally with four- what is susan wearing there does she have like a thigh master in her shirt there to cause this this weirdness i think if you uh, as much as i love susan right now if you took that picture and looked up the word frumpy in Webster's and put that picture next to it, That I think that that would define frump. Fourth degree child abuse, a misdemeanor. But we didn't know details of the allegations until now. You okay? Huh? Give mama a five. Give mama a kiss. It was a sweet scene in the Perry house, though it played out in the middle of what should have been a school day. So he been out of school over 30 days. Tanika Perry's son will start a new one soon. I love this house. You know why I love this house? Because there's shit everywhere in this house. That's my house. Shit everywhere. She removed him from Kent ISD's Lincoln School for Students with Special Needs after Perry said her 13-year-old nonverbal son came home in mid-October with a bruise on his face. I took a picture of his face and I actually texted the teacher and asked the teacher, what was this on his face? She said she didn't know he had a great day. Not according to a witness, an Ah. adult who, according to this court record, told a sheriff's deputy he'd witnessed Lincoln teacher Katie Lindell slap Perry's son across the face, causing injury, an allegation the 28-year-old teacher denied, though Perry has no doubt it Um, happened. It's a bad feeling. I mean... You know, your child can't talk. Still, Perry uh. said her normally happy, active son was clearly agitated when he came home from school that day. We knew something was wrong because he's never a child that come home and be angry, be mad. Perry said while Lincoln's principal called her the next day to inform her her son's teacher would not be coming in. Okay. Perry said it wasn't until four days later that she found out what allegedly happened. And that came from a sheriff's deputy. And all Lincoln can say to me is sorry. 
we take this very seriously. If you took it very seriously, you would have gave me that phone call as soon as it happened. What happened, according to the adult witness quoted in the sheriff's report, Perry's son was bouncing on his exercise ball, seemingly not moving fast enough for Katie's schedule. She then yelled at him, go sit down. The alleged slap is redacted here, but the witness went on to report that Lindell said something along the lines of either don't you smile at me like that or oh. wipe that smile off your face. Oh, wow. I depended on them to make my son safe and they did. Because of that, Perry hired civil rights attorney. Hey, wipe that smile off your face. You attorney Steve Drew, who says this that's about the teacher. That's reserved for like class asshole. Not like the 13-year-old uh, autistic kid. I mean, you could say that to like the burnout. Do they still call kids burnouts these days? I mean, my fucking school, um, the burnouts would go and smoke in between class. And you weren't breaking a rule. You could actually go out just outside of the, uh, the school, these double doors, and there's smoking areas where the students smoke. And I know that that sounds nuts, but, um, you know, so you get 14, 15, or 15, 16, 17-year-olds smoking with the teachers. Go out there and smoke with Mr. Davis. Mr. Davis, you got to smoke. Yeah, here you go. You just light up with the, with the teachers. And then the burnouts come in, and and, uh, and the kids who are closet smokers come in. Everyone's fucking smoke everywhere in the, in the, whole, in the hallways. It's awesome. Get into the classroom, and then it's anything goes. The burnouts then start testing the teachers, and you'll get a wipe that smile off your face because the burnouts just trying to piss off Mr. Petrosella or Mr. Davidson, whatever. And then you know, then they're uh, sit down. I said sit down. You know that type of deal. You don't do this to the autistic kid. Aram writes, Mr. Cracknell. Oh, fucking legend. Now, that was elementary school, though, with Cracknall. I was in third grade when he beat me, I think. Uh, Corey says teachers are paid like shit. Hitting kids is their only release. Wow, I don't... Yeah, that's true. And some do deserve to be beaten. But I don't think you can uh, go aggressive on the child who is can't even talk. I don't think you can uh I mean, I think basically um the teachers at the ISD are there to maybe at the beginning or at the end of their time, the student's time, they're getting the kid to function the the hope that perhaps the child might be able to be self-sustaining to some degree at the end of it. Okay? And that's a, uh, sometimes doesn't always work out. And it's, uh, it's a difficult job. I imagine that those teachers of autistic children and like Diana, the parapro, sometimes feel like part of their job is almost to give the parents a break. You know, with the hope that some of these social things will, um, um, issues will be weeded out to some degree. I don't think that there's ever been a time that Diana would be ever to, uh, has ever like raised a hand to any of these, um, children who may have autism or something else that's causing them to be nonverbal. I, 
I really don't believe Diana has ever said, wipe that smile off your face. I will say without a shadow of a doubt that that has never happened, nor has she witnessed that. Um, see more of this denying her alleged actions from my of either don't you smile at me like that or wipe that smile off your face i depended on them to make my son safe and they did because of that perry hired civil rights attorney steve Uh drew who says this about the teacher denying her alleged actions now this this family who's black they with this civil rights attorney if this teacher Let's hope that the teacher is a cracker because then we can establish racism. Now that's worth millions. So you got mom here crying. The kid was hit in the face. Witnesses saw it. They waited to call her. You got wipe your smile off your face on there with this little autistic kid. Holy shit. And race millions. You got to love that. My experience that's due to a culture. See? A culture that allows people to think they can get away with something. It doesn't make you don't want to trust nobody, you know? Perry said it will take time to build trust in her son's new school, which is another Kent ISD program for students with special needs. The district told me today that immediately upon notice of allegations of student mistreatment at Lincoln School, a teacher was placed on paid administrative leave and an investigation pursuant to board policy was promptly initiated by the Kent ISD administration after notice was provided to the parents of the student involved. Okay, well, is she still working? Katie Lendell's defense attorney. Or is she still like getting paid? Tessa Muir told me Ms. Lindell has been an exemplary member of the school community for four years with absolutely no blemishes or previous accusations. She is compassionate and kind and has a heart for students. There is no evidence, the attorney said, that Ms. Lindell harmed this child because she did not. There are any number of sources of injury, which was a single bruise on the child's face. We fully expect Ms. Lindell will be cleared of this allegation, said the attorney. Mm. Sue, Brian. All right. Well, somebody's lying then. Somebody is lying. And I don't know who. Corey says, got to hit a kid and got a paid vacation. Score. Jesus. Uh, Pooh Bear may be preoccupied. There's a shower going, and I don't know if it's her or the If it's her, obviously we can't. Hey, hang on a quick second. Sorry about this. Uh, Hold on. That isn't you getting into the shower, is it? No. Okay. Yeah. So I was just uh, covering a story about, um, uh, you know what? Have you ever heard of Kent ISD? Yeah. That's like uh, the student body is like people like that you work with, those kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, some kid comes home from school and he's got a mark on his face. And and, uh, he's a 13-year-old autistic nonverbal, which you can relate to, isn't it? Does that describe our beloved buddy Ryan? Yes. But he's like, what, 16, 15? Uh, He's 16. Have you ever thought, 
Can you imagine what it'd be like if uh, if a teacher uh, struck our buddy Ryan? Oh, I would. I, I I would be. I would go to that school and punch the guy in the nutsack. Well, uh, kid comes home with a mark on his face. Teacher says, "Hey, is everything all right?" And or uh, mom says, is "Everything all right?" Teacher says, "Oh yeah, he had a great day." And then. Um, Four or five days later, mom doesn't even know it, but there's an investigation going on about this teacher. And then four or five days later, the sheriff calls her and says, yeah, your kid got hit in the face. This, this teacher, female teacher, smacked him in the face and was heard saying, wipe that smile off your face. And the kid wasn't doing anything. He's just, I mean, typical stuff. Uh, right. Like, can you imagine uh, like a, a typical uh, classroom full of people like that you work with? You know, the uh, lesson plan calls for various, you know, things trying to build um, positive habits and things and, and, and whatnot. And for whatever reason, this teacher lost her shit, uh, supposedly, and hit the kid in the face. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. And so she was put on paid administrative leave. So that's weird, isn't it? I mean, can, I mean, if you... Yeah. If someone's uh, uh, accused of, I mean, witnesses saw you hit the kid in the face and you're put on paid administrative leave. It's remarkable to me. So, um, right. and I now would on, I would put it on, on unpaid leave. What the hell is, why is she getting paid while, you know, being uh, yeah, I, for abuse for God's sake. It might have something to do with the contract or the, or the I, you know how it is. It's so political when it comes to, I mean, it's so, it's like difficult to fire someone. So now there's like a court case that's that's brewing over this, and there's a civil rights attorney, and my God, oh, I can't now. I was talking about this. Um, is is the ultimate goal of kids who are at the level of your kids so that they're, um, I don't know, able to function better as they as they age? I mean, how how would right. you describe? Is that what we're hoping? What's what's the goal? Well, you know, with our kids, we just teach a lot of, like, independence-type stuff, um, basic skills maybe to get a, like, to be a greeter at Meyer or to, you know, be able to fold laundry, be able to do do laundry, be able to, you know. Yeah. Just, you know, building some, like, independence and, you know, basic yeah. knowledge of life so that they can, you know. I mean, in some cases, you're dealing with, okay, appropriate behavior teaching teaching a kid that um this is this is the way we interact with people this is the right. you know it's 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 okay to do this it's not okay to do that right okay exactly that's that's kind of what i and then and it also provides doesn't it provide like uh i mean let's be honest it provides a uh a break to mom and dad yeah i mean they're they're away from home it allows them to parent better when they have time to actually decompress i would guess yeah, right, right. And then there's some, you know, you didn't just in in my class. There's, you know, various the the their level of um academic level is very different, like from one to the other. Right. So, you know, autism has such a wide spectrum that, you know, mm -hmm. they can do. Yeah, some kid may be completely nonverbal. Others might be like our grandson, who's very verbal. But right. still has uh, um, uh, tendencies and things like that uh, that, you know, 
make him more complex than other kids his age. Right. Exactly. Okay, um, come on, Darla. Uh-oh. What's going on? What is going on? I just let her out for the third time because she hasn't pooped yet, but she finally pooped. The second time I let her out, she was barking and backing up from absolutely nothing out in the yard. Oh, okay. Not sure what. Um, I don't, are you able to, are you, is she on a leash when you do this? Right now she's not, no. Oh, you, I, you're rolling the dice because she won't listen to me. I always have her. Oh, she listens, so she always listens to me. Oh. She's listening. Come on, let's go. Let's go get a treat. Okay, get the stick out of your mouth. Come on. Yeah, I let's know. Let's go. And then, and yeah. Come. Yep. Good job, Darla. Uh, uh, Corey. And, and she's at the door now. Corey wrote this. Corey wrote, the teacher got to hit a kid and got a paid vacation. Score. What are your thoughts on that joke? Oh, if he, I, well, he, well, I hope he's being a sarcastic. Otherwise, he's a complete cockhead. Uh, Corey also wrote, the lesson here, never, never do this in front of witnesses. Okay. Otherwise, it's okay. That's what There's he's. No that's what it's he's okay. saying. That's what he's saying. And mm. then, and then he says the teacher should have said, "That loudmouth mom better zip up, or I'll slap her too." Okay, I gotta go because this is pissing me off. All right, I love you. Okay, I love you too. I'll okay, talk bye. to you later. Bye. Yeah, she called you a cockhead. You really pissed her off, dick. Horrible thing to say. I don't know if this is going to come true, but I uh, heard from Matt Hubbard from Oath Keepers Bark and Stone, also known as Proud Boys Bark and Stone. He's the most MAGA of MAGA audience member I have. And... Since my show starts at 8, some of his time is occupied prior to that um, listening to our old pals Free Beer and Hot Wings. And he sends me an email, and he goes, you are not going to believe this. Free Beer Greg has said that he is going to get a... Uh, one of those sleeve tattoos like, you know, that goes like from your wrist all the way up your arm. And I'm like, please, please tell me this isn't a gag. Can you imagine how that would look on Greg? Oh no. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> you know, occasionally you'll see someone and they just have a, a way that they carry themselves that you could see that would look good on you. Or maybe they have it and you go, that looks good. You can pull that off. And I, I can't really conceptualize what I'm trying to explain. But some people can pull that off. I cannot. I'm not the guy that can pull that off. To me, there's something about 
the way they behave, how they carry themselves, their general demeanor, their attitude of some, to me, a a person with quiet confidence with a steely jaw, um, good looks in shape, um, maybe a veteran. That's right. I'm a veteran can pull it off. I guess it, it it's really hard for me to, I mean, I I'm not in that world of body art at all. The tattoo I have was a gag. Okay. But I do know, I mean, like I know that I could not, but if you, where I can't, I know I can't. Then there is guy who, you know, he can't, but he thinks he can. Oh, this has potential. Oh my God. And then you now look, you go from someone who is straight laced, uh, ultra conservative beta male. Okay. And then in a short period of time, gets a new young wife. And now he takes drugs, full sleeve tattoo, and talks about how much sex he gets on a daily basis. Okay. You had Greg before and Greg after. These are two different people. Now, I guess what, if I had to break it down and actually interview Greg, I would ask, Which one's the real Greg? What's going on here? What was happening in your previous life that was keeping all that, if this is the case, buttoned up? And, um, or did somehow this just manifest out of thin air? How does that work? I've gotten more than one comment that, um, It is a midlife crisis. Now, doesn't that happen when you're younger, though? Like late 30s? I mean, Greg's 50, okay? A 50-year-old guy deciding to get a uh, a sleeve tattoo. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let me just say, though, I'm praying that this happens because talk about I mean, Greg already is a target-rich environment. There is so much about Greg that is fucked up. That if Greg goes this route, you realize that in about a year and a half, he'll be bald, alone, with a sleeve tattoo. And high. High, alone, bald, more broke, with a sleeve tattoo. And this is not a tough guy. Getting a tattoo to the to the beta male is not fun. He's going to go, "Ooh! Oh no!" Oh. That's what Linda says, that needle will hit him once and he'll pussy out. He'll have a dot. Greg's so fucked up. I'll never forget the time we were at Traverse City. And um, 
this has nothing to do with a tattoo, but it's just something that really made me want to punch his fucking head so badly. One of the things that I really hated him was his um, aversion to anything other than chicken fingers. Okay, and I would be like, you're a goddamn adult. Let's eat some fucking food, okay? Like uh, another um, tangent. We were at a uh, steakhouse in Chicago. Nice place. Novak bought. And uh, I've got rice. And he goes, hey, uh, can I try some of that? I go, you want to try rice? He goes, no, all rice. I want to try a grain of rice. I go, a grain of rice. By the way, Brandon says, that's rich coming from you, pal, because Greg eats like a child. Oh, I, I know. I mean, I, 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 am, I am not immune to the peanut butter and jelly and the, uh, and the, and the, and the sugar cereal. There, there is no question, but I mean, come on now. I have a palate. I can, I can fucking cook anything and eat it too. Shut up. Uh, Greg gets a grain of rice and he, he never, he put the, he, he, mm, Oh, interesting. Mm, okay. I go, do you want more? No, no. So I was like, I want to fucking punch you. Um, at cherry festival in Traverse city, there's a, uh, a pit spitting contest and we're in it. So you got to put the cherry in your mouth, throw it up, eat the fruit, <laughs> spit the cherry, see how far you can spit it. It's like a celebrity division or some shit. And he goes, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I- I've never had a cherry. I don't, I don't think I would like that. I go, what the fuck? 40 year old man. You've never had a cherry before. No, no. Well, I, I, I should try one first. He doesn't want to, so like he turns around, he gets a cherry, he's holding a little cherry, half inch by half inch, and he holds it like an apple and takes a little bite out of the cherry. He goes, oh, oh no, oh no, 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 no. I'm like, you motherfucker. Oh, I hate you. What a son of a bitch. You're such a twat. Reason number 8,545,000 that you're so hateable. What a sick fuck. Uh, Ryan says a grain of rice, a singular grain. Yes. He, he's even told that story on the radio since I've left there. Does that even produce any flavor? No. And he would always say, oh, it's just the texture. It's just the texture. It's just the texture. Okay. You know what texture isn't so good and doesn't taste that wonderful? Pussy. Okay. So there's no way you taste that, which means you have an unhappy wife. It's over. <sighs> IMKO says Mitch Hedberg once said rice is great when you're hungry and want to eat a thousand of something. It's so funny. God, I love that. Brandis says, I truly didn't think you could say something that would make me dislike him more than I do. 
If you look up douche in a dictionary, there he is. Um, so Greg is going to get a half sleeve tattoo. Oh, please, baby Jesus. Please make this a reality. Florida man says wife will leave him soon. Early prediction for 2024. Tell me what you think of this. This is what I learned through the grapevine. As you know, I know many of the people involved in all the things on a personal level with our old pal, Greg. There was a point in time. Uh, you know what? I got it. Oh, fuck. Patreon. This is a Patreon story. I just realized there was a detail that I have to tell on Patreon. My apologies. Brandis says he won't be able to hang for a half sleeve. No fucking way. uh, Chris says he won't be able to deal with that pain. Oh, God. I cannot imagine. That's another reason to sign up for Patreon. All these stories that are super sensitive that I tell, which are true. I just don't want to get the people who I heard them from and any put them in any type of jeopardy. I mean, it still can. The Patreon's free. But I just, I feel more comfortable at being on Patreon. Florida Man 814 says, yes, Patreon, no more cease and desist. No, or more cease and desist. When you get a cease and desist, that is proof that you've done your job. You are doing God's work. If someone says that through a lawyer that you have to stop, that means you've done it correctly. A cease and desist means translates to interesting show. Always. All right. Tyler says a C and D deserves to be framed and hung on the wall. Hang on, I'm going to go get mine. I keep it in a good spot. Miller and Johnson. Dear Mr. Zaitunian. You see, they were writing Mr. Zaitunian, not Mr. Zane. This law firm represents Mr. Joseph Gassman. We have been made aware of your publishing of a libelous statement regarding Joe on social media platforms, including but not limited to Facebook. The statements you have published are false and cast an aspersion upon the reputation and character of Joe. Their statements include false imputations regarding Joe's romantic relationships and his behavior corresponding to same, which are libelous per se pursuant to the requirements of section 2911 of Michigan's revised judicature act comma MCL symbol. I don't know 600.2911 the defamation statute we hereby demand that you immediately retract all defamatory statements 
Remove the defamatory statements from all public message boards, including social media platforms, and cease and desist from any other forms of defamation against Joe. And when I read that, I was like, ah, fuck, you know how long that's going to take? There's no doubt that your intent in posting defamatory statements on public message boards or social media platforms is to tarnish and harass Joe and tortiously interfere with his employment and reputation. Further tortious acts by you will only exacerbate Joe's current damages against you pursuant to the defamation statute. We hereby demand an immediate retraction that meets the following requirements. Ryan writes, oh man, his definition of relationships being romantic are very different than mine. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe there are people in the world who have a romantic relationship that involves blood. You might find Mrs. Wright who loves that. One, the retraction must be provided to each and every person, you and your agents, like I have people have either contacted with the information or direct. Does that mean I have to go on Facebook and bang on everybody's door who has is follows me on Facebook distracted, directed the information to as contained in the statements you have posted on social media platforms and or public message boards. And two, the retraction must be confirmed in writing. Now I did all of these things. Of course I retracted it. Of course I was being defamatory what a silly fool i am we request we request why can't i say that we request that you provide us with the opportunity to review the content of your proposed retraction along with a list of the persons and entities to whom it will be published to make certain it properly rectifies the damage you have already caused Joe also expects a written apology from you, which includes a warranty that no further defamatory statements concerning him will be published by you or your agents. And I've carried, I've made good on all of that. Incredible apologies. I'm a, an apology machine. What a, what a terrible thing I did to be so defamatory. I'm glad I cleared the air and righted my wrongs with all of you. So you are all aware that Joe has never body slammed some crazy lady only to have her retract it later on to the world. That's ridiculous. Nor did he a couple of Thanksgivings ago beat the shit out of another woman only to have her break up with him over the uh, strains of a long distance relationship. Yeah, that's all fucking folly. Fuck. None of that happened. That's all alleged hearsay and nonsense. Okay? We know that that never happened. At the end of the day, Joe just realized by coincidence that this was the time to retire from radio. Never to be heard from again. You know, sometimes people do that. Just end their career for no particular reason. You know, you can't just go and lay waste on someone's character like that. Like Jim Harbaugh. Everybody knows Jim Harbaugh didn't have anything to do with Connor Stallions. Come on now. 
quote uh, from Corey. This Corey writes, the frequent beatings I can handle, but this long distance is just putting too much of a strain in our relationship. End quote. I don't know who could possibly, who we could attribute that quote to. I don't even know what you mean by that joke. Tyler says, well, Joe is the owner of a local radio station. I'm sure he's pulling in enough cash from that. That's true. That's right. Joe owns a local radio station. That's how he was able to get north of $40,000 in PPP loans. Wow. Anyway, with that being said, I'd like to point out that the Eric Zane Show podcast would like to remind you that this is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are either products of my mind or uh, used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental, people. This all stems from Freebeer getting a half-sleeve tattoo. Yes, this is going to be fantastic. Please let it be that this happens. Uh, obviously, still a lot of people share audience. I think it was Chris or Linda who said that Kelly Cheese said it would look sexy on him. Yes, Linda said Kelly Cheese told him it would look sexy. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's good news. Hopefully that'll work out in our favor. Thank you to the Grand Rapids Gold. There's basketball Saturday. Get your tickets at the Grand Rapids Gold website. Search Grand Rapids Gold and uh, away you go. Get your tickets. There's no easy way for me to tell you where their website is. Uh, I take it back. They finally have done this. If you just go to grandrapidsgold.com, it takes you right to the page. That is good news. I'm very happy about that. Go to grandrapidsgold.com. Black Friday, 50% off all tickets. So the next game is Saturday. What you do on Friday is you can get tickets for as low as uh, six or seven bucks. Because if you buy them on Black Friday, everything is 50% off. Or just go big or go home. Go courtside. One day, 50% off all tickets. GrandRapidsGold.com. And I will see you at the next Grand Rapids Gold game on Saturday. Thank you to Jacob Bennett and his amazing business. Excellent installation. If you want the flooring installed right the first time. I mean, if you're a DIY guy, okay, go ahead and buy the flooring yourself. From wherever you buy it from. Buy the flooring and then have Jacob install it. Excellent installation will do it. It is the cheapest way to have a professional installation job. Okay. Guaranteed work. Excellent installation. Reach out to Jacob if you are in West Michigan at 616-318-0167. That's 616-318-0167 today. Jacob will come to your house, measure the room, figure out exactly what is needed to get the job done appropriately. By the end of the day, you've got an estimate emailed to your inbox. Used to be known as um, 
another company. Now Jacob Bennett is on his own as Excellent Installation, 616-318-0167. 616-318-0167. If you're just looking to get after your first mortgage, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage has you by the hand. That's a, uh, there's a lot of trepidation in that anxiety, you know, when it comes to buying a house and you're always afraid of asking dumb questions. Uh, never the case when you deal with Mario from the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke mortgage and now, uh, open to anyone anywhere in the USA. If you need a mortgage, have it done by Mario, or at least just pick his brain, see where he is when it comes to your mortgage, whether it's your first or your 10th. Maybe you need to get equity out of your home because you've lived in it a long time. You want to get some money out of your home for whatever, Christmas, maybe take a trip. 231-332-6505. That's 231-332-6505. Call and mention EZ today. Uh, finally, you have till, till December 7th if you're preparing for Medicare. That might not be you because you got to be an old fucker, but it might be someone you know or love. And if they're getting set to retire, they got to figure out their social security, how they're getting their cheddar and how they're getting their insurance. Medicare is awesome. It's fantastic coverage, but you can fuck it up if you do it on your own. Have Frank do it for your loved one. Reach out today. Buyinsurancehere.com. He will... Uh, help whoever with every step of getting their social security ducks in a row and getting their Medicare. And the best part, it's free. I can't stress this enough. Everything Frank does for people, whether it's setting them up with a life insurance policy, perhaps it's Obamacare on the marketplace, perhaps it's Medicare, social security, everything is free. He gets paid by insurance company, by insurance companies. That is the life of an independent insurance agent slash broker. Try to differentiate, set themselves out from the pack because there's several of them that exist. I swear by Frank Fuss, anything I need concerning Obamacare, he takes care of it. For the NFK with his uh, health insurance through Medicare, uh, Frank takes care of it. And you can take advantage of this today. Uh, go to my, uh, I'm sorry, buy insurance here, B-U-Y insurance here.com. And don't forget to take advantage of that loophole where you get your insurance from your boss and it doesn't cost you hardly anything for your policy, but you add your kids and your wife on it. It gets to be a little bit of a pricey policy. Um, you can now for the first time this year, utilize Obamacare for your family's policy, which could save you a ton of cash. Reach out to Frank for all the details at uh, buyinsurancehere.com. And he'll uh, set up a meeting with you via phone, FaceTime, uh, coffee shop, your house, his office, you name it. All right. My work is done here. Almost. We have to name the asshole of the day. It is brought to you by TC Paintball. It's between Amanda and a special ed teacher who smashed a kid in the face and told him to wipe that smile off of his face. Now, what Amanda has going for her is her track record. Okay? Uh, The Brahma Bull of podcasting 
I mean, you have a rich history there. And it doesn't take much to put me at a code red. And then the other side of that, you've got a teacher who's smashing a defenseless child who's uh, nonverbal in the face. This is a toss-up. I might have to do heads or tails. Uh, Heads, it's teacher. Heads, teacher. Tails, Amanda. Remember, I said heads, teacher. Tails, Amanda. Let me do that again. Heads, teacher. Tails, Amanda. It's head. Heads. That means I'll make it Amanda anyway. I vetoed the coin toss. The asshole of the day is Amanda. Congratulations. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Godspeed to the mire by your house. And uh, that's going to do it for the Eric Zane Show podcast. All right. I'll talk to you on the Patreon. Till next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.